The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash sims and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash sims, S-I-M-M-S. Thanks for your help. You start to go, what do you defend on that Jets offense? Sometimes with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, you're trying to figure out what you should defend, the pass or the run. My transitions are back. Did you hear that one? That was a smooth one. Boom. That's right, baby. We're back. It's Ahmed Farid. It's Chris Sims. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. We're here. It's a Wednesday. We have preseason games on the horizon. We're getting you up to date with all things NFL. We hit the NFC on Monday. One player to watch today. We will hit the AFC. We have some breaking news as well. It's not really breaking, what? but just some news at the top. I don't know why I said breaking. You got I'm me not excited. a real host here, okay? <laughs> this is where I got to turn it over to you. Oh, actually, there was not a breaking news. We just got some news off the top. That's what we're going to talk about. We can make it breaking news. We can make it breaking news, maybe. Well, if you haven't seen Hard Knocks, right, oh. it'd be breaking news. <laughs> I didn't see it. Yeah, I know. I mean, geez, second host today. Yeah. I'm with the didn't watch it. I mean, I've never had HBO. I don't know what it is. I've what? never had HBO in my life. My parents didn't have it growing up. And then when I was in college, I never had it. And then when I was out on my own, I was just like, well, I'm not an HBO guy. And so I never have but had like, HBO. Did you have Showtime and Cinemax no, and those none of either? That. None of that. Wow. We, we never. We Well, of course you didn't. I mean, this is so like this is so crazy. I mean. No fucking shit you didn't have it. Duh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't watch movies, so why would you right. have movie channels? My family right. wasn't going to waste money on me. It was like, right. he's not going to watch now, it. You no did value. miss Skinamax, you know, late in the day, yeah. late at night, back in the day. Uh-huh. That was a great thing for 16, 17-year-olds, right? right, growing up. Skinamax was big time. Yeah, I mean, but the yeah. internet was coming around, so <laughs> it I mean, was. we were okay. It was coming around, but not, you know, high school yeah. for us. Not you yet. weren't going on the internet for stuff like that yet, were you? Okay, I mean, close. I don't remember going on there and looking at porn or anything in what general. Was your, what was your internet connection? Did you have the old dial-up? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. I don't even like, in fact, my house, I mean, my parents just got internet probably like last week anyway, so we didn't. definitely didn't have it in 1997. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Pictures would load. Pictures would load. <laughs> right. That was in high school for College, us. College, we went there and they wanted emails, and I was like, email? I don't have an yeah. email. Right? I got into a number of years in the NFL and still didn't have an email. I really didn't get an email until I started working in this side of the business. Really? A hundred percent. I wow. went forever. Like when I got the Bleacher Report, they were like, what's your email? And I was like, I don't have one. And their heads almost blew off. So, you, so, if, so no one could contact you unless they had your number. Right. Which is the way it should be. That's right. 
Fucking text me, please. Well, Why do we need an email? Uh, I get things all the time from like the radio producers, whatever. I'm going to send you the link. Where, what email should I send it to you? And I go, how about this text that we're on right now? Just send it here. Well, so, you know, I'm the opposite. Well, if they already have your number, that's one thing. Right, I get that. Right. But I don't like giving my number out to that many people. Well, what's the difference? I don't know. I mean, what's the difference? So they call you and you don't answer? Yeah. Or you have an email on there and or they text you. I email, don't know you, what's just the send difference. A you just send See, a junk just, mail. Yeah, well, I guess you could do that. Yes, I don't know. But, but yeah. I, 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 how many lines of communication do we need? That's true. The email is the one to me where I just go, gosh, damn, email? Ugh. Like, please, I got 147 text messages here, and now I got to go, oh, let me go look at some other text messages <laughs> that are just on a computer. Like, it's annoying, okay? <laughs> you sound very old, right? Yeah, you sound I know. very I know. old right I know. now. Thank so you. you have what? How many emails do you have right now? You I have just the have work one. one. I the just work have, one? Well, yeah, I just have one. One email. Don't give it out. I know. But yeah, I mean, there's technically something through work that I have that it's like at, at NBC oh, or whatever. people are emailing you all the time and you've never checked I it. Don't, I don't even know it. Right. <laughs> I don't even know if I know the exact what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I have uh, one email that my wife made up for me uh -huh. because I did not have it. Right. Even at New England, I went to the Patriots and didn't have one. They had to give me one that was specific to the Patriots whatever building or whatever but yeah still didn't have an outside one then all right so that was breaking news yeah you didn't have email until you're like in your late 30s that's basically right. that's right uh okay uh, how about the real breaking news or not the actually the real breaking news the fake breaking news about aaron Rodgers. so no i did not see it you gotta watch it but you came in raving about it matt casey was uh on headset today was yeah. raving about right. it so i mean it's the jets right? right they're the talk of the nfl right now everyone's talking about the jets yeah. i get that right what was so great about it, it it's I, I to me it was the best first episode of hard knocks that i ever saw ever and i i love hard knocks so i'm not one that's sitting here that's going oh and hard knocks is played out or boring whatever i i enjoy it i look forward i mean i was sitting there last night like you know like eight o'clock like wait is it on a nine or ten let me let me make sure i got it on the you know the right channel here or whatever that i like that it's appointment so, viewing i feel like we need that we need more of that yeah right? get everyone yeah. watching the same thing at the same time right so so and then in my bedroom for whatever reason my direct tv wasn't working but i have apple tv and i go to you know hbo max which they now call just max i believe yeah right and did that but um this is where it's different to me one never have we had this access to this type of player there's never been this type of star who's just the main guy and he's going mic me up every day interview me whenever put the camera in front of my face we've never had an all-time legend being like the focal point and then embracing it for a hard knock special. You know, I was kind of making fun of before the show. It's always like, and there's this guy that you've never heard of that might make the team. And then there's this guy that you've never heard of that worked really hard and has had some tough breaks in life and he won't make the team. Right. And let's see how it all comes together as a team. Right. This one is more like, I mean, hey, it's a spectacle, and they are embracing it, and it's just like, holy shit, it's New York, it's Rodgers, it's the Jets, and the stars are out, and then Rodgers is embracing it, and that's what makes it cool. And then what makes it even cooler is you get to see a firsthand look, a little bit like we talked about on Monday, and, and I talked about even last week, of the the grandiosity of Aaron Rodgers into that building yeah. and the effects, Right. Because again, they even as they have some great coaches there, they have coaches that haven't been with somebody like this. And I somebody like this, they don't these are rare, right? I mean, we're talking about like people I can only fingers in my hands, and that's as far as it goes. 
Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, the Brett Favre's of the world, the John Elways, whatever, right? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have this magic about them right now. Joe Burrow, same thing. They can lead an organization, make the organization believe, and every day everybody's like, oh, did you hear what he said? Oh, he taught me this. Oh, my gosh, what a throw. I mean, they're all in awe, right? Which is like one of the reasons I go, um, thank you for proving my point that Aaron Rodgers should be more aggressive because you all see these throws he's making, and they're all going, nobody can make that throw. This is unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. And I want to go, I know, he can do all this. He's got to do it, right? But they're, they're in awe of that. The release, the laser, the how do you see that? How did he pinpoint it there? And then they're amazed in the meeting room. And then the amazement of so many of the guys being in amazement that they're on the field with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, McCole Hardman, I said this on PFT for you today, it was like he was five years old at Disney World and he met Mickey Mouse for the first time, like in the castle, right? He was like, they're going through warm-ups, and he's, oh, I've been watching you. And, I mean, he's forgetting to warm up. He's just sitting there looking at Rodgers like, like, you know, like a puppy dog. Like, and now I'm out here with you, and this is unbelievable. And I'm going to be able to tell my kids that, I mean, I was with that guy. And it just it and shows you. with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> exactly. You know, and Mahomes is going to hit that status yeah. as well for other young guys when he's in year 12 or 14 of his career, right? But, yeah, these guys grew up with him. And – what it is, too, is you see Rodgers' talent is undeniable. I don't sit here for the last 10 years and go, it's the quickest release and the strongest arm and all those things I've talked about with him that you've ever seen in the history of football, right? You've heard me say, like I said this on the pregame show the other night, your favorite quarterback's favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Josh Allen, Mahomes, Joe Burrow, they all told me that. I always ask guys that. You know that. There, there was always, you know, there's, there's things he does on the football field that ex-quarterbacks or players in the NFL or quarterbacks right now go, he makes that look easy, and that ain't easy to do what he's doing there. That's special. You know, and I go back to my Bleacher Report days where I used to interview players a lot and do that. If I had 50 players, 49 of them, before I could even finish the question, who's the best player you ever played against, it was always Aaron Rodgers. I got Vince Wolfork who bucked the trend and said Tom Brady, right? Mm. That was the only one that ever answered that, right? I feel like it swayed a little bit maybe the last few years. Once Brady won that Bucks championship, it took like his right. luster up and the Rodgers luster down. Yeah. But this was the greatest 30 minutes of not only football watch, you're going to love it, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to even make the hair stand up on your back of your neck a little bit. It's, it's kind of got that effect. And it's the greatest 30 minutes of positive pub that Aaron Rodgers has received since he won the Super Bowl, Ooh. right? Where everybody's trying to pick him apart and all that. And, you know, and you're just seeing an organization that hasn't had it. They're not spoiled by it like Green Bay. They're embracing it. And they have an owner and some people there who are smart enough to go, wait, we got this guy, boop, all in, right? Where we always complained about Green Bay, where, yeah, the GM and the coach are kind of king, and, you know, they maybe not have supported their unbelievably most talented quarterback we've ever seen in the history of the sport in that conversation. Maybe he doesn't get embraced in Green Bay like the way hmm. 
he would have if he was with other organizations who had an owner to realize how special the guy actually is, right? It's worked out pretty well for Aaron Rodgers. He's yeah. pretty famous, and I think a lot of people respect him. And so it's a love fest for Aaron Rodgers, which is basically just a, a Wednesday edition of Chris Sims Unbuttoned because that's what we've been doing for <laughs> oh, four years hey, but, now. But, but you you know me. I keep a love vest. I also keep it real and yeah. evaluating him. Yeah. I don't let him off. I, I, I don't know if anybody criticized his play more than me over the last year. That's only because I know what he's still capable of, right? But, yeah, I, I, it's great to see. I got enjoyment, enjoyment out of the knowing the public is going to see how what makes this guy work and how revered he is by the rest of football, where it's it's an awe factor, right? Aaron Rodgers, like a Mahomes or a Josh Allen, you know, more Mahomes right now because he's, you know, the, the greatest thing we've seen here recently for sure. But Aaron Rodgers the same way where, like, when he warms up, you're like, damn, I got to stop what I'm doing and watch warm up a little bit because he's going to throw a few balls and a few throws where you're just going to go, holy crap, is that real? They're going to wipe your eyes, like I say, and go, wait, am I seeing that clearly? And that's where they're all kind of seeing it right now, right in person. America is going to fall back in love with Aaron Rodgers, which makes you wonder why they weren't on board with it right away, right? right? Because these are all infomercials for every team that they go around. I get it can be a little bit of a distraction maybe, and you're worried about that, but wasn't the, the, the reporting that the Jets didn't want to do it, no one wanted to do it, Aaron Rodgers didn't want to do it, and now it's the, the greatest infomercial. You couldn't pay for publicity well, you, like that. It's an unintended conse conse consequence, right? Yeah. I think that's what you're seeing there. And yeah, you know, Most guys, they don't want it. You know, yeah, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers didn't want it. Yeah, I mean, they don't want it. They don't want the camera there all the time seeing everything about you. But once they got stuck with it, they embraced it. And that's what I love. Yeah. Sala was great. He's being himself. Right. Rogers is great. And then the other thing it did the show, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, it's 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 the greatest piece of pub he's gotten since he was in the becoming the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Excuse me. I'm burping my coffee. Yeah. You're getting but, emotional about uh, this. Well, I, I mean, uh, no, I'm not getting emotional. I did. I was emotional last night watching it. I really was. It was so exciting and like joy. It was really cool. But then to see Nathaniel Hackett and, you know, again, there's all this negative stuff, and I know it didn't go perfect in Green. I mean, in Denver, but damn, you know they showed you what makes him special. Why I loved his dad. He has some of those same traits. You know, it's energy, it's tough love, it's okay. Now I don't even need to tough love. We're buddies, whatever. Oh, it's back on the football field. Hey, screw you, make that play. You don't know yeah. what you're. You know what I mean? It's just the right balance there. And I thought it painted him in a really positive light as well, which which he deserves to be because to me that's the truth of Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, that really is. I know last year was bad. I get it. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but for the body of work with Nathaniel Hackett's been his whole career. What you saw last night or what you will see when you watch it is really what he is and what he brings to the table. Well, I think it's interesting with Hackett because I don't think during his press conferences with the Broncos that he necessarily instilled a whole lot of confidence. Um, but you can tell that, that players and Aaron Rodgers for sure, there are times when it's just like, yeah, Nathaniel knew better than I did yeah. in that situation. And he, he helps me become a better player and do things that I wouldn't have thought of doing. Yes, you're, you're going to see that. you know, And then his like like I told you, his attention to detail in the offense and being a master of the West Coast offense and the mechanics of it and what it takes to run it the right way at the quarterback position. Listen, he's he's as good as they come in that department. You know, being a head coach is hard. It's not always the same.
And sometimes guys like that change the way they are a little bit because they think, wait, my quarterback's like me acting like this, but I'm not sure the defensive tackles and linebackers might like this. So they try to act a little different. And I think maybe he got stuck in a little of that and whatever. You right. know, It's not an easy as job as everybody likes to make it out to be. Um, and he certainly didn't do his best, but he's a damn good offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. I know that. All right, so maybe I'll sign up for the first time in my life Please for HBO, do. although Matt has volunteered oh, his yeah. password. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. So maybe I'll take him up on that offer. Don't tell HBO. HBO, you're incriminated now. They're going to sue you. They're going to sue you. <laughs> yeah, NY Jets. That, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So yeah. we got a camera in the Jets. Yeah. Maybe we might have to have a camera with the Washington Commanders, too, because one more story I want to talk about before we get to our one player to watch for each of the AFC teams in the preseason is what's going on with the coaches and the players with Washington. And you've talked about this a little bit with, with Mike on PFT. Yeah. You guys have probably heard about it as well. So uh, there's been some some rumors and reporting that Eric Bieniemy is being very hard and very vocal and very intense on what uh, he is saying and how he is dealing with his new new players there with Washington coming over from Kansas City. Uh, this is from Nick on Twitter when uh, asked uh, Ron Rivera about Eric Bieniemy, And so I don't know if I want to read that whole quote here, but um, he's basically – saying that, yes, there are things to those rumors that the players are like, what's going on here? He's, yeah. he's being tough on us. Yeah. He's being maybe too tough on us. It's a little too intense here yeah. for the first week of preseason. He's coaching us very hard. And Ron Rivera basically said a couple of days ago, yeah, that's true. Some players have said that. It's a little bit of a culture shock for some of them. Yeah, they, yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, paraphrasing, you're you're exactly right. That's that's what it is. He 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 basically laid out yesterday that yeah, guys were coming to him. There was a concern about how intense Eric Bieniemy is. He told them, hey, go talk to Eric Bieniemy. Do that. He then went into explaining how you know he and Jack Del Rio and Bieniemy all act a little different. He talked about Del Rio because he was a head coach. Maybe knows how to adjust the players a little bit more. And made the, you know, in, 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 insinuated that the enemy is like, hey, this is the way you do it, and that's the way it has to be done, right? And within that, it kind of looked like Rivera was maybe either saying to be enemy through the media, like, hey, maybe you need to bend to the players just a little. Seems like for sure he was agreeing with the players that or it is that, intense. Yes, it is or different. he didn't back up his coach, or coach which is what I would say. That's where, you know, Florio was right to say this, and this is what we were saying, where you'd go, no, no, no. That's where you go, well, yeah, Eric Bieniemy's coached, you know, the guy who's won the MVP twice, and they've been in the Super Bowl three of the last four times. So we're just going to listen to him and take his lead on the offensive side of the ball, where we've been, quite frankly, shitty since I've been here, right? Nothing special. And that's, that's what I wish he would have done. Now, he's came back today and had a press conference you know, before practice or whatever, yeah. to kind of put, you know, the toothpaste back in the bottle a little bit to explain that he handled that situation the wrong way. So Ron Rivera came out today and said, I basically told Eric that I put my foot in my mouth. I think what I said wasn't as clear as it needed to be. I think the understanding of it is just the fact that I think everyone's making, in my opinion, a little more than needs to be made of this. So that's the classic, you know, it's yeah. like you're blowing this up. But right. it's, a, it's a huge deal if your players don't like the way that you're they're being coached and the head coach doesn't say the players have got to get used to it. No, and... It's fanning the flames or giving oxygen to the Eric Bieniemy negativity bullshit that's out there, right? And that's what I don't like. That's what I don't like. You know, that's where, hey, he's – there's no BS in, in Eric Bieniemy. I don't know him, but I know enough people that know him. It, it, nothing. He, the, the, he's going to tell the owner and the GM exactly what he thinks, not what they want to hear so he gets the job, right? And that's where I think he's, 
He's tough that way. He does keep it real. So good for Ron Rivera coming to do that. But what I said and what I'll continue to say, you know, one, the players don't know. They don't know. And first off, a lot of players, I said this to you before, they don't know what the really good teams or the Super Bowl teams, how hard they work and the sacrifices they make to get to the Super Bowl and be that team all the time, right? That's what they don't know. And there's nobody in Washington that's been a part of a team like that that's at least a part of their leadership group with their football team where you go, oh, well, he's been there and they won Super Bowl. He knows how this goes. They don't know. They don't know what they don't know. That, that's really what it is, right? I mean, do, do you think New England was up there baking cupcakes and watching movies for training camp? Do you think that's what they've been doing? Right. No. It's torture, borderline torture training camp. And it ends up to borderline awesome parties when they're in the Super Bowl every year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Andy Reid has forever been famous for running tough training camps. It's brutal. But what are they? They always come out of the gates hot. They're always ready. They're always physically tough, mentally tough, in shape, not a ton of injuries. It's because he's old school that way. Right. You know, I don't know. That's where I go. Like, that's where players have to adjust, readjust themselves. See, like, like, oh, you, you, how do you think Nick Saban's what, running an easy camp down there in Alabama? No you cupcakes. think Kirby Smart, right? Right? No, oh, oh, right. The teams that are winning the national championship every year, right? They're actually famous for their coaches being dicks and being hard coaches, right? That's, that's, that's part of football. Football's not supposed to be comfortable. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. To, to continue to drive you, to be detailed, to work, right? Belichick made Brady uncomfortable his whole career to where at the end he was finally like, damn, I mean, I'm only the greatest quarterback ever. Can I get a little comfort every now and then, right? I mean, Bill Walsh won two Super Bowls with Joe Montana and was like, eh, two years weren't that good. Let me bring in Steve Young. You need a hot poker up your ass. Let alone he was a jerk to his staff, his players. And I mean that in a positive way. I'm not saying a jerk. You know, my dad played for Bar Parcells. I've told you before, he didn't realize his name started with a PH until he got done retiring because it was always fucking Sims, fucking Sims, fucking Sims, right? I mean, you can go down the list. I mean, Jimmy Johnson with the Cowboys. You think that was easy, right? Mm -hmm. We hit Bill Walsh. We hit Belichick. You think Chuck Knoll and the Pittsburgh Steelers? I never saw the guy smile for 10 years. You think him and Terry Bradshaw? I mean, he tortured Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw talks it to it this day. That's the way it goes, right? Vince Lombardi, I don't know. It kind of seems like he's famous for being kind of a tyrant and a, and a you know, he uh, rules with an iron fist. Football is that type of sport. That's what it takes. There's a lot more success stories of that kind of guy than the guy that hey, we're just cool and we let them be chill or whatever. Like, yeah, you might have a team win the championship every now and then like that. But more times than not, the, the season is about being more uncomfortable than comfortable. Even sure. when you're one of the really good teams, you still feel uncomfortable. And that's where Washington's adjusting to a culture that they haven't seen. And I told you before the damn show, I said – there's more clips of Eric Bieniemy yelling at Mahomes and cussing him out in the sidelines over the last five years yeah. than there is of any coach cussing anybody out in Washington. So that just speaks to it. And, uh, you know, well, good for Tyree Kill and some people coming yeah, to Bieniemy's defense. Tyree defended him on Twitter. Yeah. He goes, man, there's no other coach that has your back like EB. He goes, it's tough, but I promise it will make you better. So that's a ringing endorsement. And the, the offenses have been great. And, of course, there was, you know, 
debate on how much of that was Eric Bieniemy and how much of that was Andy Reid. But let me play a little devil's advocate for okay. a second because sure. you named all those great coaches who are yeah. very hard. Yeah. I'm sure there's a, another long list of not very good coaches who are jerks too, right? Yeah. So there are coaches that you know just don't get it or whatever, or or maybe that cross the line, right? I'm sure you've had coaches where you're like, all right, I've had hard coaching. I like hard coaching. This is a little like beyond the pale yeah I mean you, you can see that too and so if I'm going to play devil's advocate maybe I'm saying some of these players have been coached hard in the past and this is something that's a little different or doesn't you know doesn't stack up to, to some of that quality tough coaching yeah I you know I I, I don't know I, I'm just yeah. throwing another I another I hear you I I, I don't know yeah. who knows right yeah. I'm just throwing the alternate side out there. I guarantee you know there's a fine line and you can go too far right I understand that you know, if you're always going to be the evil dictator and always find the negative and always just crap all over guys, and then maybe sometimes where it crosses the line, you start to crap on them personally a little too. Yeah. That's where it can cross the line. But, like, the guys I mentioned have a sweet spot, right? And, you know, they're, like, I would have, I bet you if there was, if Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne were on the offensive side of the ball, they wouldn't have said anything. They wouldn't have been it because they've been like, what? This is what Nick Saban does. He, yeah. I, I led the college football with sacks, and he tills told me I stunk and I needed to work harder, right? You know, th- that's where it is. And really, I feel like you can go to all sports and almost look at it that way for the most part, right? I mean, Magic Johnson was sick of Pat Riley because it was just every day grind session. We got to get better, hard practices, all of it. Even though they won five championships together, it was a grind. You know, I, there, there's just something to that. that that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I think Biennemi is just, you know, bringing an intensity that they're not aware of. And Ron Rivera, I don't think, is like that on a consistent, everyday basis. He's a really damn good coach, but I don't think that's him. So the Colt, he's even different than the rest of their staff, right? Andy Reid's probably got a bunch of psychos, right? Because that's what he's got, right? You know, and, and, and the same thing with, with Belichick and those guys. They usually have guys that are a lot like them. This is a guy that's outside their, their realm a little bit. So I'm sure everybody's a little bit like, holy shit, this one guy is crazier than the rest of the staff. Yeah. And, man, he's on our case about everything. And that was the perfect time to do it if you're Eric Bieniemy, right? First couple of weeks of training camp, the first year on the job. Yes. I mean, this is the time Set that you want to be as hard. This is changing culture. Yes, right? I agree with that. And it's not always pretty, and it's not always easy, right? But, but you know, as soon as they start to have a little success, and hopefully they do, and they start to see some of the results on the field, they'll buy in. Yeah, well, that's that's a key thing, though. Because if, they, if they don't see that success, then it can go then sideways. Then it can go sa- sideways, no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, I wish, I wish Ron Rivera would have backed him up. And then these players, you know, I, again, it, this is a little bit, hey, college football, everything's become save the player, don't practice too hard, don't hit, let's, ooh, we got to watch player safety, player safety, player safety. And what I'm saying is I think we've gone overboard in those departments to where now we're doing a disservice to the player by not pushing him, getting better physically, mentally, nor is he getting the worker in football shape that he needs to, and that's why we're seeing a rise in injuries, right? You know, I had this conversation in the NFL rules meeting last week a little bit. Just a little bit bringing that up. And I know some of those people in there, they have said the thought around the league is a little bit that the lack of practice and the lack of intensity is leading to the more injuries in football because you're not ready to go. The guys are not physically and mentally ready to go totally the way they were maybe back in the old days where, yeah, 
the rules were a little lax, and you could drive guys into the ground a little bit. But we didn't see always the, the same number of injuries, so let's go. I'm rooting for Eric Bianami, and I just yeah, wish Ron Rivera backed him up a me little too. bit better. I, yeah, I think he regrets that. Right. I think that's why he yeah, made he a came point out of saying that today. Exactly. And, uh, maybe maybe it'll be different. Set the tone. Set the tone for a for a good season for Washington. Who knows? Got some studs on defense. There's some things they, that yeah. I mean those receivers they got. You yeah. know they've improved the O line. They they would definitely be on that short list of teams that I'd say didn't make the playoffs here. But you know wouldn't be shocked if they're in that that combo in late December. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. But that's the NFC. We're talking AFC here, here we today. Go. One player to watch, so in case you missed the one on Monday, go back and listen to that one because that was a good podcast. We we enjoyed it, and yeah. I think the homies enjoyed listening to it too. It's kind of a fun way to to preview these teams for the preseason and right. maybe look at an under-the-radar guy. So these are players that we are watching, one player in the preseason that we are watching. It's not going to be a veteran because they're not going to play a whole bunch in the preseason. So these are you know rookies, first-year, second-year guys, maybe a veteran who's trying to get a spot on the team, so we'll see them a lot in this preseason and so we say we're going to pick one Chris picks about four or five uh, to add to the conversation but usually whittles it down to one we go in order from worst odds to win the AFC to best odds to win the AFC so we'll start no surprise here with the Houston Texans just like the Cardinals on the NFC side they are plus 10,000 to win the AFC so there will be a lot of guys who are fighting for position this year next year prove that they can be part of the future so let's start with them who is a player who are some of the players and we'll whittle it down to one then yeah. for the Houston Texans there, there's two that jump out okay one is Derek Stingley the corner mm. who was the number three pick and did not you know look that way last year and that's where you know you'd want to see that but I think the one I'm more interested in and I, I think this is kind of an obvious one if you're a Houston Texan is is John Michi 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 the, uh. John Michi the third I think it's Michi, right? Mechi or Michi? Uh, I was saying Michi forever, and I think it's Mechi. I think I'm wrong. Because you've said it so many different times yeah. right now, I will never know. Okay, like, good. It's good. I hope I've confused you completely forever. <laughs> but that's the guy I'm looking at. Yeah. You know, one, I think their O-line is pretty solid. Their running back is the real deal. Weapons on the offensive thing is on the offensive side is, is what I question. Guys that can make splash plays really on both sides of the ball are what I question a little. And, hey, Robert Woods, we know he's a good receiver, and hopefully he's another year removed from the ACL and he looks more like he did when he was with the Rams. You know, Nico Collins, a bigger type of receiver. But, yeah, I worry about lack of firepower for C.J. Stroud when he becomes a starting quarterback. And with, with Mechie, right, he is a true slot guy. 
And this is an offense that I know, like, knows how to use the slot. Shanahan, he he understands that in that that offense and what they're doing down there is that that they're going to know how to use that type of guy and certain pass concepts, let alone you know some of the reverses and speed sweeps too. So he's the guy I look at mm. to go. Where's he at after battling you know some of his cancer issues? He's got he's out on the other side. He's clean. I'm happy for him. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. And I think if he can kind of show up in this offense throughout the preseason and be ooh kind of a go-to guy for C.J. Stroud, I think he'll do a lot for their offense overall. Yeah, I like him. I think. Uh, the Tank Dell, their third round pick. Yeah. I liked him. I sure. always like you didn't like him as I much. Didn't He's a love smaller him as guy, much, but it's okay. He's along those same lines. It's that kind of guy, and I'm, I hear you. Tank Dell is is that. Um, yeah, there was you know I was just a little underwhelmed with his ability to make people miss in space as compared to what his forty time was when he was you know coming out of Houston. Yeah, yeah, because he's a he's, he's a tiny tiny dude. Tiny he needs guy. to have that explosiveness right. and make people right. miss those tackles. Uh, so I do a, a big butt for each of these teams, yeah. and we we say big butt so many times here. We figured why not just do the song at the top of the show? So then we, for the first time this segment, we will do the big butt song. It is we that time. Like big butts and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. Time to give some love to these Woo. big guys. Some it, touches. It's a couple sacks, force <laughs> fumble. He's a butting superstar. Woo. Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. Woo. Yeah, and it puts me in a good mood. So good. that's why we do it. Too. How could it that make, not? It makes us smile. <laughs> so our first big butt will go to, uh, and there was, uh, this was obvious. Will Anderson. That's who I'm going to be looking at okay. because I want to see how wrong you were. Yeah. I want to see how, how bad your evaluation <laughs> you. was of, you. of Will Anderson. Uh, well documented, your uh, hatred of Will Anderson. Actually not. We loved him in the interview. That yes. was the hard thing about it. Right. Uh, you just didn't like what you saw on tape. Uh, so far, Laramie Tunsil has talked about him. He said it's been a fun matchup. He said he's going to be great. He's got a motor. He's got all the tools. As soon as he puts it together, he's going to be a dominant force in the league. See, that's a comment that says it isn't been that great lately. He's gonna be great. He's got a motor, right? Right? They're like that's not the things you hear from freaks usually. I'm just gonna say they usually like when there's a freaking camp and stuff like that. They go, oh my gosh, there's nothing this guy can't do. This guy's a big freak, and you hear all that type of talk. I'm not doubting that won't happen, right? I wanted to. He was definitely on my list, right? I'm trying not to pick rookies, yeah, and because I know that, but yeah. He's certainly we, we got to watch him. This is the 49ers defense, which we know is predicated on the front four getting there. And he's their Nick Bosa. And that's what I just questioned. And I hope he proves me wrong, as I always say. But I just question whether that type of explosive ability is there. And we'll see. Um, but but yeah, definitely going to have my eye on him. Uh, there, there's no doubt there. You never kissed your butt, did you? No, I know. Yeah. I was just thinking. Thank of that. you, thank you. You're bringing up was all the good to, things here. Was I here? supposed to not bring that up? <laughs> thank no, you. but uh, you know what? I'm glad that we didn't go there yeah. because no one wanted to see that. Okay, good. Don't uh, worry, I can't do it anyway, so I'm not that flexible. <laughs> <laughs> you tried the privacy of your own home. It's like, can I bring this out on the podcast? Yeah, You're like, no, no I can't, can't do, do it. it. Sorry, honey. Uh, no, but we'll see. We'll see from Will Anderson. You know, I I think that will be interesting. It, you know, it because will, a lot of the things you saw, will they show up here in the preseason? Will they show up? You know, what the problem too becomes is because if that doesn't go well. They're going to start to go, well, damn, Derek Stingley wasn't good first year, and now Will Anderson's not good, and then it starts to put yeah. on, like, you know, are they evaluating guys the right way? And it starts to become, you know, a thing. So they have the worst odds to win the AFC. 
uh, just a little bit ahead of them at plus 7,000, the Indianapolis Colts, who also got a new quarterback. So you got CJ surprised Stroud, by that. Anthony Richardson. <laughs> you think what? I'm surprised they're that low, I guess. You know, I'm, 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 yeah, I think uh, uh, the AFC is so good. I guess I guess AFC I shouldn't be so that good. surprised. I guess there's there's one team I look at maybe that maybe should be lower, but we'll get into that later. Okay, so the Colts plus seven thousand, the one player, a few players you're watching in the preseason for them. You know, this one was fairly easy for me as far as like narrowing it down and going, wait, this guy has got to go to the next level or show up, and and, and in one specific area. But it, it is it's Quiddy Pay. Mm. Quiddy Pay is the guy I'm going to look at from University of Michigan. Hey, good motor, stops the run. We didn't get him to do that. We got him to get double digit sacks and do all that stuff. And as a pass rusher, yeah, there's still more meat left on the bone there. So that's one where yeah, I look at that one specifically to go. That could change their team around. Right, they their D line is pretty solid. They signed Sans, Samson Ekubom from from the 49ers in free agency, paid him. So you got a guy over there. Now it's hey draft pick. You gotta you gotta show your stuff here and start to make your presence known. And again, a defense that's very similar to the one we just talked about in Houston, where they don't want to blitz. They want to rush four. They want to drop seven. They want to play their Seattle cover three and do that type of stuff. That's what they do, and that's where they need Quiddy Pay to be more of a force in, in the at least the pass rush game. Well, I'm glad you picked him, even though you're encroaching on my territory. I'm glad you picked him because my big butt to watch is his backup, actually, Tyquan Lewis. Yeah. Um, he suffered a torn patellar tendon in each leg each of the last two seasons, uh, cutting each of those seasons short. He was just removed from the pup list, so hopefully we'll see him back out there here pretty soon. Former second-round pick. He's looked Ohio like when he's State. played. Yeah, he's when he's played, he's looked like useful. Yep. And so that'll be an interesting battle to watch if we can see Lewis back there at 100%, him and Quiddy Pay pushing each other. That would be great. And Lewis is, you know, if you remember, there was a guy this year out of Ohio State, Zach Harrison, who Atlanta took. And that's he's similar to that guy. This is a guy that defensive end – could play D tackle and be fast and disruptive, right? He could do a lot of things for your defense that would help them out. Um, so he has a chance if he's healthy. We're hoping for Quiddy. And then we got our Adeboware, you know, the freak of nature from oh, Northwestern. Northwestern, where you can start to go there, man, if those guys can kind of turn the corner – you start to go, hey, this was a good defense, and all of a sudden it becomes a really good defense if you have, you know, two or three more disruptors on that D-line. What do you think we'll see from Anthony Richardson? You think they'll unleash him a little bit in the preseason? I, I would hope they have to find the fine line of pushing him. Here's more offense, start getting comfortable in it, but not overdoing it to where now it starts a negative talk around him. We're all like, well, I don't know what he was looking at there, right? Three foot 10 or something right, like exactly that. Right, exactly right. So they have to find that fine line and gauge where he is to be able to, because, you know, I want to say, hey, get him out there. Let, make him drop back and throw the ball a ton of times. He needs to get work in that department. But I say that, and as I, you know, think those things when leading up to this conversation, I go, yeah, but you also got to be careful. You know, you don't have him drop back 25 times. And like, like you said, he's seven for 25. And now the talk becomes, he can't be your starting quarterback, right? So that's where they're going to have to find that balance. But yeah, they're going to try to push forward with the big man. That's for sure. Well, this shows you the quality of the AFC South this year because worst odds are the Houston Texans. And then you got the Colts. And then just above them, you have the Tennessee Titans at plus 55. 
500 to win the AFC. So the three lowest rated teams in the conference this year, all in the same it's division. Crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I would not have necessarily guessed that, but now looking at it, it does make sense. Uh, so Tennessee trying to rebuild that defense, get them dominant again. Look for a playmaker on offense. Who are you watching? They have a lot of places to look here. Yeah. They do. You know, off the you know the receiver thing is real, right? I mean, the obvious low hanging fruit is Traylon Burks, right? I I know that, I get that. I try to be a little different and not always just give the normal school of thought, right? I mean, we all know that. You're going to hear that on every show in the world. He was underwhelming last year. Maybe started to come on just he before he got injured. Yeah, right. Started to come on. Started like at least on film. Started to look like it. Where I went, ooh, those are that's a good route, or ooh, he's getting some explosion. So hoping he turns the corner there. You know, Harold Landry and his health coming off the edge. I mean, before he got hurt in training camp last year, he was starting to look like he was one of the better pass rushers in all of football. So, yeah, he's important too. But the big thing I think I still go back to is the offensive line as a whole. Would I be like, this is the thing they got to get back going the right way. They weren't your typical dominant Tennessee Titans offensive line last year. They've made some changes there. You got Andre Dillard at left tackle, right? They got Chris Hubbard there. Okay, and then they've moved some people around. They got Brunskill from the 49ers, and then they drafted Skaronsky and moved Aaron Brewer, who had been their left guard, probably the smallest left guard in all football. He is now going to center. He's the guy I'm picking right there is okay. Aaron Brewer, right, with encompassing, hey, the O-line. But, you know, this is a, this is a position change for him as far as the NFL is concerned. And I would think he's, he was more suited, I think, to be a center. The center doesn't always necessarily need to be the biggest status guy. It needs to be explosive and fast and twitchy compared to maybe the rest of the O-line. So I'm, I'm interested to see how the shuffling of that O-line works and then how Aaron Brewer does making this adjustment from guard to center. Open up some holes for Derrick Henry. Right. Give Ryan Tannehill exactly. some time. On the defensive line for me, my big butt, I'm going to give it to the first time ever. I'm giving it to their assistant defensive line coach, Terrell Williams. So did you hear this? Mike Vrabel is going to make Williams the acting head coach for their first preseason game for Chicago. Wants to give an opportunity to a minority coach who he really respects. Six seasons in Tennessee so far, 26 overall in the NFL. So uh, he's, my, he's my big butt to watch is Terrell Williams awesome. as a head coach. For I'm the glad Titans. you picked this. I'm glad you did. This is an, a great move by Mike Vrabel. You know, one, to get somebody experience, let them do that, right? But two, the biggest thing, like you said, this is what I was kind of – I hit on this yesterday a little with Florio in the morning, is it's just it's this is a this is a great example for the rest of the league, right? There's so many African-American head coaches that are capable of being a head coach, but they're not in the long lineage of the trust tree of I know this GM since I was – five years old or I've worked with this guy back in 1978 and you know this guy and he knows the owner and there's some of them are not connected like some of the white coaches in football that's just yeah. a plain and simple fact of the matter I'm not trying to be a jerk I'm not saying you know it's fair or unfair to the white coaches but I'm saying it is unfair to the black coaches in a lot of cases and you know because of that some of them are not in the trust tree to ever get the chance to be in front of an owner or be in front of the podium to show you like hey look at me i can say and answer and send messages out to the team the right way just like a head coach he did that just when they interviewed him the other day when he was talking about the experience you went man look at him 
He's very impressive with how he answered the questions, the messages he sent there, right? So now maybe this helps, you know, Johnny owner who doesn't want a black coach see some guys on the sideline and go, damn, this guy, look what he's – he's all over the details. Oh, man, look, he's on the refs. He knows – he looks like he knows what he's doing. Sure. Right? And I think that will helpfully filter through the NFL and help this problem that we got. Yeah, a couple of things. I think it shows that Mike Vrabel is pretty secure in his job and, right. and his standing that you can do this. You're not looking over your shoulder. Um, but, yeah, I think it would be a cool practice for every team to do, and not just for minority coaches, but, I mean, important for the reasons that Definitely. you pointed out. But yeah. for, you know, if there's a white guy out there that's, you know, earned it, you know, sure. and, and been an and assistant coach like for a long time. he's getting the credit, too. Exactly. exactly. Right. Any, any coach on any your staff coach that not you feel like, it. you know, yeah. could use this opportunity to – to get to get better and learn, right? It's preseason, sure. right? It's a good yeah. time to, to teach your, your guys. Who knows? They might have a coordinator role, and this will go in handy and useful for them as they go into the future. So I, I, I kind of like the precedent. I hope Definitely. more more teams do that. Definitely. So that's the Titans. We move on to the Raiders. The Plus Raiders. 4,000 to win the AFC. Tired teacher has his eye on or her eye on one person. Tough choice, but I'm excited to see Ja'Korian Bennett for the Raiders this preseason. If he can play all right as a rookie, then our cornerback room isn't as bad as many think. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm excited to see him too. I am. You know, I, I, I look at him and he could be one of those guys, right, where we go, he's got the potential to be that that every now and then mid-round guy where we go, damn, he's like awesome in that position like Terry McLaurin was to the receivers right sure. like, third round blah 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 right this is the, this guy can fly right and he has some of the traits where you go ooh, he could maybe play an island here and be like the real deal fourth round pick out of Maryland man Maryland was pretty good in Maryland, the defensive backfield they, exactly right I mean and he ran one of the fastest times at the combine I believe Jacorian Bennett I think he was might have been four two nine. if not it was four three flat it was something like that so he can go now he's not my pick but I think we're on the right page there or the right, you know, thing as far as the right conversation. Um, you know, there's Jerry Tillery at D-Tackle that's interesting to me because there's still a middle part of their defense that I think needs to be better. D-Tackles, linebackers, all of that. But then it filters even farther than that. And the guy I'm going to look at because I'm going to piggyback off of uh, what our listener said there at Tired Teacher is the, the safety, Okay. Trayvon Morig, all right, the, the kid that was drafted out of TCU, right, yeah. in, uh, what was that, three drafts ago now? 21, yeah. All right. Second uh, rounder. He's, he's the one, you know, got to play more last year. Now they got rid of Jonathan Abram. He and Marcus Epps are now the leaders of that back end or that secondary. And, yeah, you know, they drafted him in the second round. He needs to start to pop and show a little bit. And he nece wasn't necessarily all that impressive last year. Hmm. So that would be one there where I certainly have my eye on him. You know, yeah, the, the secondary is not something you're going to write home about there in Baltimore. I love the Marcus Peters addition. But, yeah, if guys like Trayvon can come through and take their game up another notch or whatever, it'll go a long way to, yeah, make entire teacher feel a lot better about the secondary. Yeah, he started all 17 games as a rookie, and then last year started just 13 games. Might have had an injury in there too. But, uh, yeah, didn't have, a, didn't have a pick last year. And so, yeah, yeah. can he shore up that uh, defensive secondary? Right, he, he's got – you know, we saw abilities at TCU as far as being a very good coverage safety and being someone that can maybe make plays and picks and all that. 
Uh, so he's the guy I'll have my eye on. I know we all want to see Tyree Wilson and some of the rookies, and I get that. And we know M- Michael Mayer. I, I understand all those. But those are guys that are that's low-hanging fruit. We know, yeah. we know we're going to be watching them. I'm going to go with low-hanging fruit. I'm going to take, uh, for the second time in my big butt to watch, it's the Byron Young. So yeah. we had the Tennessee one yesterday or on Monday. Yeah. We've got the one the from Alabama, Alabama third-round right. pick here. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyree Wilson still recovering from that foot injury, so we won't see – a whole lot of him this preseason. Young was just activated from the pup list, and so hopefully we see him soon. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of youth on the defensive line, so I feel like for them it would be beneficial if Wilson comes back and pops and then a guy like Byron Young can come back like, and no, pop. No doubt. I mean, and Byron Young, hey, he's a New Englandy type of guy, right? That's This is what the staff is from, and he can do – you know, four down lineman stuff or three down two gap stuff, right? I like Byron Young coming out. I would not be shocked if we're here in October and we're going, damn, Byron Young is starting or Byron Young plays a ton and is doing a really good job. All right, so those are our players to watch for the Raiders. We move on to the New England Patriots. Ooh. Plus 3,500. Is that the team that you thought was low or higher? Are those the odds that you thought were I, appropriate I, for the Patriots. No, that I, that was appropriate. Honestly, I'm surprised the Raiders were that high. Oh. That was the team where I was like, oh, they're a little higher than I thought. Maybe the betting public would have them at that right right now. You'd you put know? them behind Tennessee, maybe. And I would. Yeah, even the Colts. I mean, right. I'd probably put them just in front of the Colts or right yeah. there with them. But I would probably put them behind behind Tennessee. Scout D NFL says Christian Gonzalez is the player he's going to be watching. Uh, goal line stand two says Demario Douglas for the Pats. Want to see if the hype is real. Mm-hmm, right, getting him. a lot of hype yeah, what right is there. The, what is the hype well, so far? Well, a little DeMario. slot jitterbug guy who, you know, they have the eye for. Un, you know, what was he? It was a six-rounder, right? Is that what he was? Let me look here. Six-rounder. Yep, six-rounder. You know, he did not go to the combine. Out of Liberty. Right. And uh, Demario Douglas. this is one of those that smells of the Patriots having inside info and knowing from a coach and their deep scouting that they knew this guy could be this and fill that role. And they got him, you know, in free agency after the draft. But it sounds like he's can tear up the slot like an Edelman or a Welker type of guy uh, right there. Here it is. We're watching it right now. So he's 5'8", 192 pounds. This is him uh, cooking Miles Bryant. Yeah. You see the quickness there, right? So they have a role. We know they know how to use that part of the offense. He's definitely, you know, interesting to me. Um, okay. I look at, you know, him. He, he, he was on the list just because I've heard him. He wasn't going to be my main guy, right? Another guy just to throw out for food, thought, you know, thought, food thought for food, thought. Thought food. Thought food, yeah. Thought food out there. <laughs> you know, is, is, uh, is Josh Uche. Uche is the best pass rusher on the Patriots team. I don't know if he's trusted on the every down basis to set the edge in the run game and do the things that way that New England is that really puts more emphasis on than than most teams in football. So he'd be a guy that I would throw out there. And the other guy, the guy that I I wrote down mainly, and a little bit of this was because of the Demario Douglas hype, and I know Kendrick Bourne I think has had a good cam from what I'm told is Tyquan Thornton. That's who I was going to go to. You know, we know what Juju Smith-Schuster is. We know what Devonte Smith is. Tyquan showed us he's got some speed. Is that all he is? Is he going to be a dependable, consistent thing? Can he stay healthy? He's very frail and thin. He's kind of the one that I look at to go, 
you know, he could maybe take this offense to to an area we didn't think it was capable of if he kind of reaches his potential, He's right? He's the deep threat. He's maybe. the deep threat. Exactly right. He is. He's that guy. And then if he can, you know, not only be the deep threat, but the guy also that can catch a slant and you can go, whoa, now he's deep down the field after catching the slant, right? That's where I feel like I think they're going to have a good old line. I'd be shocked if they can't run the ball a little bit. And that's where I think he could be a real danger or factor for them overall. So, yeah, he was the guy I threw out there. I also thought of that Marte Mapu, right, who, you know, they drafted later on in the draft who was kind of this all-around, did-everything uh, Sacramento State guy. It was yeah. like, is he a D lineman? Is he a linebacker? I don't know. He lines up everywhere on the field. He was almost like a Kyle Van Noy coming out of BYU. He's another guy that I was going to say, watch him because I feel like they'll have a specific role that'll be interesting in, in what he does for that defense. My big butt to watch, an older gentleman, former fourth rounder by the Patriots, spent four years in New England, three years with my Detroit Lions. He's back right now. Trey. Signed earlier this week. Trey Flowers. Uh, what does he have left here? Uh, is he going to take some pressure off their second-round pick? They had Keon White. They took him out of Georgia Tech, and so he's behind him right now. But I don't know. I like to see. I like Trey Flowers. Was He was a fun guy to watch for my Detroit Lions, yeah. and so I'll be watching to see how much he has left. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, you know, Either way, he's good, solid, all-around New England-type player. You know, Like you just said, he's not as big as a Keon White, but he can play that position. You know, if If – you know, uh, they had a Dietrich Wise, and they don't trust Uche on second and four, like I'm talking about. Trey Flowers can play that outside linebacker DN spot, set the edge, play the run game the right way. So they're a team that's very much in their versatility and matchups on the defensive side of the ball more than anybody else in the league. And that's where, you know, guys like that have great value to them. I'll tell you what, it's just going to be a much better year for Mac Jones. More fun year. You got Bill O'Brien there. You got some young talent and wide receiver yeah a second year guy some potential Thornton, there. Could be right. healthy. I right. think he's gonna have a much better time in 2023 than he did in 2022 the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris... Anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Maybe that'll be the case for the Broncos as well. Now they have Sean Payton over there. They're plus 3,000 to win the AFC. Marky D17 says Nick Bonito. I keep reading that he's been tearing it up in training camp. He's a player that you liked out of college. He's a lot like a guy they have there already who is on the pup right now in Barrett Browning, right? You know, undersized, speed, Von Miller-ish type guys, right? 
where you go, wait, they're not these huge hulking Adonises. These are guys that are like incredible strength of their size around 240 pounds, have the strength of a 295-pound man in a 240-pound package, and then have the explosiveness of a secondary player, and then have a bend that you know is worthy of a top-tier running back. Right. Right? So – uh, I, I like today because I'm a little bit on the same page as the listeners here. Uh, uh, that's my That would be my pick. Nick? That's the position I'm looking at to go, ooh, if they get something on the other side from Randy Gregory or if Randy Gregory has some health issues, if they can have a Nick Bonito and a Baron Browning, they're going to be a handful. You know, I went there as my top choices. Also had Josie Jewell. You know, middle linebacker play has not been stellar for Denver. Josie Jewell, you know, I got to think them drafting Drew Sanders in the third round was a little bit like, hey, if he pops here during training camp and kicks butt, he maybe takes his job. So that was another one that I I certainly thought of. And then Marvin Mims, the guy from Oklahoma. We talked about him. He was one of my honorable mentions a little bit during the draft process because he can fly. He was the guy that I think I pegged that I said if there was going to be a Terry McLaurin this year in the draft, he'd be one of them. He'd be that guy. So what's his development look like? Because right now, what I'll say, too, with Denver is they don't have that speed guy, right? No, he's slated as a starter. Right I know, right. Them. So that's it's kind of cool. And, they, you know, they lost K.J. Hamler. Tim Patrick's not healthy now, and he's the loss for the year. So they're going to need Mims to have a role in the offense. So I know I just gave five guys, um, <laughs> but I'm actually really, if you made me pick one, yeah. it would be the Nick Bonito. Got it. Right? That would be that would be a two. Got it. The okay. Nick Bonito. The one. The, the one, one and only. From Oklahoma. From that fucking school, <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Soon to be SEC school. Fuck you, OU. <laughs> Plug and Play 16 says Javante Williams. He goes, I'm starting to wonder if he is an alien that the U.S. government has been talking about because a 12- to 18-month injury, and he's back in 10 months. Thanks, fellas. And I think we have – do we have video, Kristen, back there of Javante Williams at training camp? Apparently he is, uh, he is making highlight reels, which I love the training camp highlights, Me too. too. It's just usually from way far away, iPhone camera. You can kind of make out what's happening here. Um, do we have it, Kristen, or no? But like I'm, you know, guys like this, you know, this can they can go either way with recovery, right? With the ACL, yeah. Because sometimes they're so big and so explosive, it doesn't feel comfortable for a while. Or sometimes it's like, well, yeah, no wonder he feels good. I mean, his quad and hamstring are the size of like you all together. Yes. So he's got a great support system for his knee there, right? And uh, he seems to have hit it that way to where, yeah, it's pretty shocking that he's he's back and at least pretty close to full effect. Go to Twitter to find that video right. because our, our video Damn, has what crashed. What a host you are. You just teased here. and I, then I just leave was, the tease That's there. my bad. I'll take that one. But <laughs> Javante Williams, remember last year when we did my top five running backs in the NFL? He was one of my top he, five. You, 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 he would have been. Right. He would have been. He would have been his right. He, he would have. get hurt. Yep. So we move on to the Steelers who have Najee Harris as their running back, maybe a, a better offensive line. They actually have the same odds as the Denver Broncos, plus 3,000 to win the AFC uh, let's see what. Uh, well, let's go with let's go with your guys first here. So, you, you, as you look at this team, this Pittsburgh team, who's on your radar? Obviously, the left tackle position's huge, right? They drafted a guy at, in in the, the first round in Broderick Jones out of Georgia. You know, Dan Moore was the guy that started there last year. That's certainly something to watch for. All right. So, but but again, that that's easy. We know that. I'm going to go with another rookie though as the one to watch. 
Keanu Benton, right? We talked about this guy during the draft, the Wisconsin D-tackle. Oh, yeah. Right? He was one of the guys I was surprised that the Patriots took Keanu White over him in the draft process. Uh, and where I look at it is they need youth and more talent in their D-line in, in Pittsburgh. And he provides both there. So now – they have a guy, and where I say I want, we all got to watch him. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna play nose tackle. He's gonna be two gapping. But the good thing about that, the ripple effect of now you don't have to put Cam Hayward there or Larry Ogunjobi there. They can be a little bit more on the edge of the guard or on the inside edge of the tackle where they're really made to be. Now this guy can be there, you know, our old mosh pitter, clog things up. You can't move him. I'll just hold this guy here and throw you whatever way I want to. So he's the one I look at. And especially when we're talking about they don't have the middle linebackers of Pittsburgh years past, right? You know, where they just for forever when we were growing up, the one thing you would get like the Pittsburgh middle linebacker, he's the man, he's the man, he's the man, right? I mean, we always said that. And they don't have that right now. So that's where they need this big dude to, to help everybody out. Uh, Keanu Benton, like I said, I try to stay away from the rookies for the most part, but I think this one was a little too obvious. All right, so we go rookie there. I messed up, actually, last I didn't give my big butt for the Denver what Broncos. A... I totally screwed up. Damn. Uh, so I, One I more thing. One more thing about the Broncos. <laughs> so we're going to go DJ Jones for them, okay. former six-round pick. Yeah. Played uh, five years in San Francisco. Did just sign a deal, three-year, $30 million deal with the, the Broncos. Um, after that run in San Francisco. I think he'll be a key if he can stop the run. There's some places that say that DJ Jones is like underrated, and there are other places like PFF that had him rated lowly. So there's a lot of there's not consensus on DJ Jones. I feel like he's one of your f the play up kind of dudes. He's underrated. That doesn't get a whole lot of he's respect. underrated. So yeah. yeah, give him respect here on this podcast is what De- I'll do. Definitely, he's underrated. You know, D tackles a position that's one of the hardest for. I think grading websites to figure out at times because sometimes they don't really know what their rules are or where they're shooting to or whatever else. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, a hell of a football player. And I would think that, you know, listen, I'm excited about Denver. Vance Joseph's a hell of a coach. I think he's going to get the most out of those guys. So we've got him for the Denver Broncos. Now back to the Steelers. Back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> uh, my big butt for the Steelers is going to be a, a rookie in Nick Herbig, outside linebacker. Apparently, from what we've heard so far and some of the scouts say, he's got great pass rush moves, has, has beaten some of his teammates cleanly so far. Um, but the, the question is, can he stop the run? Will he be useful as, as that piece of the puzzle? So maybe that's what I'll be watching if he can do that. He's 6'2", 228. He's a fourth-rounder out of Wisconsin, so... The pass rush moves are there. Is he, is he anything more than just a guy who has like situational pass rush ability? Yeah, I, he, you know, he's he's um, he's got some some stuff to like about him. It, he does. I think it's yeah, maybe overall physicality and doing that. But he's he's a lot like we've seen we've seen some of these Wisconsin guys that come into the league who just hey have a little bit of a natural way about them as far as finding the ball. You know, having instincts, um, but we'll see. I know there's a there's a lot of hype about him. There's a lot of people that believed in him coming out in the draft process, yeah. and the fact that Pittsburgh takes him always makes me go, oh, they see something, and maybe I should have saw more in the evaluation process. Punk Rock for Life says has to be the 2023 All Pro fullback Kendrick Green. 
paving four-lane highways for Steelers running backs, and he has been all over social media too. <laughs> Kendrick Green, uh, offensive lineman, yeah, gets fullback at times. I guess he can play everywhere. Right, yeah, Kendrick Green. But, you know, will he be a starter is, I think, the thing that we need to see here. I don't know if he will be right now, right? Kendrick Green was a guy drafted a few years ago and thrusted into the lineup because they didn't have a good offensive line. But they have James Daniels there at guard, right, who was from the Chicago Bears. And then, of course, he's not starting over Isaac Siomolo, who just came from Philadelphia. Right. So Kendrick Green, yeah, I think is not going to be a starter, but is a good guy to have as a backup. And, yeah, maybe they find him a role to be the goal line fullback to, to kill some people that way. Cower Power wants to see that new rookie tight end, third-round pick Darnell Washington, who does look <laughs> like a giant out there. And he is a giant. What is he? Six yeah. seven, six seven, something like that. I think he was, yeah, maybe more than that. I think you know, but yeah, you you put him and Fryermuth on the field, and then you get that O line working, and you got two tight ends to one side, you know, right off the you know the the butt of maybe a Broderick Jones and Isaac Siomulo. You good luck on that left side trying to stop that crew right there. He is going to be like having an extra tackle in the game. Hmm. He's going to have the Gronk effect in the run game where you're going to go. Damn, our tight end is like having an – it's like we brought in jumbo package, like the third tackle off the, the field to help us in the run game. And that's got to be exciting, you know, for Pittsburgh. Uh, Tyler Econ mentioned a guy you just mentioned on the offensive line, their first-round pick, the left tackle, Broderick Jones. Yeah. His eyes will be on oh, that no player. Oh, no doubt. So no a lot doubt. of Steeler fans, a lot of Steeler homies chiming in, uh, chiming in on who to watch in the preseason. We move on to the rival. The Browns, who have better odds to win the AFC than them. The Steelers at plus 3,000. The Browns at plus 1,800. Your dudes to watch for Cleveland. Who You watched some dudes when you were there. I did. I, I You know, I, I don't have a number of guys here, and I think this is a little bit speaks to their team, that jump out to me to where I go, ooh, you know, I got to see something here or there. There, there. There's one. There's one guy that really jumps out to me, and, of course, this was, you know, a little bit of an issue with their team last year anyways. They couldn't stop the run. So they gave Dalvin Tomlinson a ton of money, right? They were trying to get Javon Hargrave. that They got outbid by the 49ers. So then they turned their attentions to Dalvin Tomlinson. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about the guy next to him, Jordan Elliott, right? Jordan Elliott, his guy I liked in the draft coming out four years ago from Missouri, you know, his – a little bit of a tweener guy, or he's a, he's a three technique. He's a disruptor. Do that type of stuff. You know, it, it's it's been an okay start to his career. You know, I don't think he's had a ton of starts. I think he's finally started to start a little bit last year and get into the mix there. But yeah, he's a guy I look at to go. If he can turn the corner and start to be a pain in the butt, then this front four is going to be rough to deal with because we know Miles Garrett's one of the best in football. Zadarius Smith, if healthy, he's amazing Dalvin Thomason can be the clogger in the middle like we talk about and Jordan Elliott I, I think has a chance to be that disruptive mess to play up type of guy um, but we haven't seen that a ton so is this the year that he kind of breaks out you're all over my area you are entrenching in, in you're my there too? big butt territory but I actually had a guy that you did not mention there yeah. because they just lost Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas unfortunately to knee injuries right. already given right. this extended time don't know how much time so a guy like their fourth round pick Isaiah McGuire who is uh, out of Missouri he's already up to like the second team right now 
it's a remade defensive line like you just mentioned after that disastrous year last year. And so he all of a sudden could be very crucial early on in the season. So how does he look in the preseason? Yeah, let's let's see what it does look like. It does. You know, him him in the draft process is, you know, one of those guys where didn't make the list or anything like that, but it was like, I don't know, is he a DN? Is he a D tackle? What's he going to be? How are teams going to use him? It seems like the Browns are going to use him as that, you know, interior disruptor as of right now. But yeah, with the current status, I I think that's a good pick by you. You know, this is a team that is definitely, we talk about Jordan Elliott, but then I, I would question, yeah, some of the depth and the talent of the depth behind that front four. And that's going to be something I think to watch, you know, throughout training camp here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. So the Browns at plus 1,800 to win the AFC. The Jacksonville Jaguars. How about that? Plus 1,400 to win the conference. (laughs) A lot has changed since uh, Chris was at their first preseason game last year and said, watch out for this team. They're pretty good. They're pretty big. Now everybody might do some damage. I'm not going to pick them to make the playoffs. That'd be crazy. (laughs) uh, No, but you were all over it last year with Jacksonville. Uh, So who are you watching in the preseason with them this year? Well, we know we want to see, you know, um, Walker, uh, their first pick of the draft, Trayvon Walker last year. We want to see him, you know, grow. Devin Lloyd, the middle linebacker, same thing. Because they have just such great potential. So you want to see them reach it. But this one's really easy, right? It's O-line. It's O-line related. They lost Jawan Taylor in free agency. Cam Robinson is suspended early on in this season. Brandon Scherf probably had his worst year as an NFL starting lineman last year. They need Walker Little, their left tackle who's coming in, to save Cam Robinson. He's the guy I'm watching. He's a guy that I had great hopes for coming out in the draft a few years ago. He didn't play that last year of college football because of COVID, right? I, I think that might have messed up his trajectory a little bit, right? So that's where I want to see what he's got. And I think that'll go a long way. Um, and what it'll do, too, how good is he, blah, 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 if he's really good. And now let's just say Anton Harrison on the right tackle, he's not quite ready for, you know, prime time yet. When Cam Robinson does get back, then maybe you can move Walker a little over to right tackle and, and let Anton Harrison, who I think is a little raw coming out of Oklahoma as a first-round pick anyways, could benefit from that. So, yeah, I want to see that because, hey, they got a franchise quarterback. We know they got some weapons. They want to run the ball and be balanced. And uh, if they can't protect number 16, then all that means Jack Diddley squat. Yeah, nothing little about Walker Little, 6'7". 
325 pounds for him. So yeah, it will be kind of cool because yeah, there's a lot. Him. There's a lot big of pop chance. with him, and he he was injured too, right? Did you right. mention that? Yeah. Right? So it was no, like I did not mention that. You didn't yeah. see a whole lot of him in in college. Um, but he, he had high draft pedigree, second-round pick there. So uh, my big butt to watch, nose tackle. We're going to go Devon Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, 6'4", 320 pounds, started 14 games last year, agreed to a three-year extension in the offseason. So they're paying him here. Run defense could be very good. Uh, he could be a big reason why. He goes, this is what he said, quote, I'm really trying to diversify my game in general, though. I don't want to be just known as the run stopper. So can your big dude, 320-pounder, Devon Hamilton, develop himself into more than just a run stopper? Yeah, no, that, that's going to be the big question. You know, I, I'm, you know, you can you can put me under the category of I was a little surprised they they paid him like that. I I, I really was. You know, again, good, but I wasn't sure if he would definitely be in their long-term plans. But yeah, I think that's 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 a good one to watch, you know him and and Roy Robinson Harris in the middle there, uh, and 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 then of course our what's our Fadukasi right, who they signed two years ago from the Jets, yeah they they got to be a little dominant. I mean if you look at the Jaguars last year, one of the things that was a little disappointing to me was their run defense mm. at times. I just thought, hey, they got a lot of big people and people that I just feel like they should have been better. I think they came along as the year went along, but you know, there was times in the year where I was like, damn, they're too good to be letting teams run on them like that. So you have the Jaguars at plus 1,400 and the team that they beat in the playoffs plus 1,300. Come on, no respect here. The Chargers just above them right now. Steven Sullivan says, Dan Henley. The linebacker who was your number one linebacker, no right? doubt. Then yes, be watching him. Yep, I definitely be watching him. Yeah, I, you know, again, I think this was an area where they're looking. Kenneth Murray, I don't think he's been as good as a first round pick should be, right? They got rid of Drew Tranquil. Uh, they signed Eric Kendricks, you know, who's coming to the end of his career, but still a good player. You know, Dayon Henley, I think they drafted him to be the future. He's not my pick, but he certainly we got we gotta watch him for sure. I don't think he gets to be a starter right away. He's gonna have to have either be exceptional or one of those guys not be that their best. Uh it's but a good, he'll get some good run. guy to watch in the preseason then, Definitely right? a good guy to watch in the preseason. Get a gauge for where he's at in this whole conversation. Um, like to me, this is one where I did cheat, and this is one where I wrote MLBs and DTs. That's what I wrote. You just picked a whole position group I, I or picked two. Two all. position groups. I picked them all. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah I, yeah, I did. But because to me, the, the, that's like an area where, I mean, that team, you're talking about a team that's got that type of, you know, hype around them. Yeah. And they're the 28th run-stopping defense in football? Like, come on. That, that can't be. That can't go on again this year. Right, so yeah, Austin Austin Johnson when he's back healthy, Sebastian Joseph Day, right? You know the middle linebackers we just brought up. It to me, it's all about that area right there. There's not a lot else to look at in the Chargers. The secondary when J.C. Jackson's healthy is going to be really damn good. The pass rushers are good. The O line is really damn good. The receivers are really damn good. The running back is damn good. The quarterback is fucking awesome. So it all starts there to me. Yeah. Our, our, our boss oh, heard that. Maybe uh, too many. Um, 
too many uh, F-bombs oh, is maybe. what's going Could on be. here? Could yeah, be. Yeah. Are we trying to, yeah, freaking <laughs> He's good. telling me to say freaking. He say sounds that. like my dad now. Does he know that I don't swear and so I balance things well, out Well, he here does now to, as you're kissing his ass as he walks by. Here, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you stole my thunder here because basically I was going to say the same thing. All the D-tackles? Yeah, yeah. I, go, I really could have picked anyone here, but I'm going to pick uh, uh, Morgan Fox, who uh, in his second year sure. with the Chargers now spent four years with the Rams, one year in Carolina right. after that. He's coming off a career high in sacks, but as we've said, it's like the pass rush is not really the problem with this team. Uh, this is what he said about the mentality that they're going into training camp with right now. We're taking out a mentality of being more physical, more sound, understanding where we fit within the defense, understanding where you fit in the scheme. So they're trying to be just more technically sound and where they should be, and maybe that'll help their run yeah, defense. They're, creati- they're creative. They ask their guys to do some – you know, things that we talk about a lot, you know, hey, you go from this gap and when they snap the ball, I want you to get over to that gap, right? It's not always the easiest that way. Um, and, yeah, Morgan Fox is one of those tweeners. He's like athletic D-tackle, big DN, right? He's listed as a DN. I want to go, I don't know why, because he's not the DN. I mean, more times than not, they're playing a four down front, and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are the DNs, right? right. So Morgan Fox then gets kicked inside, and yeah, it's something to watch with this group. I do think there's a lack of big people on the interior part of their D-line that I think is worth watching as, as we go forward with the Chargers, and I think I've been saying that for the last year or two. MMA-born sender says Quentin Johnston. Lots of interesting highlights and noise being made about him in camp. Wasn't a big fan of his during the draft process and rattled when we took him over Zay Jones, but I am starting to believe freak athlete, we need the juice. Yeah, that's right. Zay Flowers, you read that wrong, but either way, I, say? I got you. You said Zay Jones, but we've all made that mistake. Man, I think I you made that on the on last Monday, podcast. I said Zay Jones, and you're like, you mean Zay Flowers, right? That's my bad. I'll take but, that one. Yep, all right, good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've only heard good things about this so far. I've, oh, it's all I've really? heard. Yes. Right. So they, they, I think they got something here. And, you know, again, too, guys like him are usually more suited for the NFL than college. They know how to put them in spots. The quarterbacks are better. I can throw a back shoulder when you're covered all day long. You're 6'5", and you got arms that are 74 feet long, so I can, we can hit you all the time. Yeah. College, you don't get that consistent throwing and precision from the quarterbacks, nor maybe always put in the position that makes sense for your skill set. They'll do that there. A team that I thought maybe would be higher on this list, Dolphins. Where are plus they ranked? Plus 1,200, yeah, totally so they here. are, what, one, two, three, six? four, five, sixth. Mm. I think that's low. Yeah. I think that's a little low. We'll see. When we get to the teams ahead of them, as we mentioned before, the AFC is stacked. So uh, maybe no shame in being sixth best to win the AFC, but your players to watch for the team in South Beach. It's low to me. I'll just say that. Low to me for what I would say is a top three roster, top five roster in football for sure. I almost want to say top two or three. Yeah. That's where I, I don't. This is the easy one here for me. It's the O-line. We know that. No, no. Don't pick a whole another position. Group it's again. the whole O-line. <laughs> All 15 guys on the roster. No, it's, it's uh, the right tackle, Austin Jackson. I think this is an obvious one. You know, you, this is another team you look at and you go, what's not to like about this position or that position or this position? I mean, they're all yeah. freaking awesome. The only thing we question and what we need to watch, one, because we know they'd like to run the ball a little bit more 
right? Mike McDaniels has said that throughout the offseason. It's, you know, again, predicated in the Shanahan offense. He got too pass happy last year. We have a quarterback with a concussion this year, right? And we got some people and in, in Austin Jackson who was a first-round pick who has not lived up to that. And you know me. My thing is always follow the money, follow the assets, right? Those things have to be performing for your team. Yeah. Here's one that's not. So can he hold it down at right tackle here? Can he show that he is truly going to be one of their tackles for a long, long time? It's it's him, Liam Eichenberg, and another one in the guard position, right? But that that it's offensive line related, and those two are the two that you look at to go. They have the most to improve, but uh, specifically Austin Jackson's the guy I'm looking at, especially if you want to hit two. I mean, uh, Tyreek, you know, deep down the field, and Jalen Waddle deep down the yeah. field. Two in needs time. And if I remember correctly, so Austin Jackson, a first round pick out of USC, you were not too thrilled with his tape out of college. I was not. And, 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 you know, it, it was a tough one, too, because the, the, the year before his last year in college, he gave his, I want to say, a bone marrow transplant wow. and really took a lot from his body. So he was one of those where I was like, man, the tape's not that great, but I know he's been through a lot here and maybe this isn't his best stuff. Hmm. But we've, not to, we've yet to see him kind of get to his best stuff, and hopefully this is the year. The big butt to watch for me. I'm gonna go Christian Wilkins. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, I'm not gonna. He's not big gonna play. Around. Yeah, and I love him, so that's why I'm gonna pick him. So, I, but I want to watch him specifically because I want to see how he reacts to this whole thing, this off season, this training camp. Because Quinnen Williams just got paid, uh-huh. four year, ninety six million dollar extension, yep. same draft class as Christian Wilkins. Yep. Uh, and then they asked him about this Wilkins, and he goes uh, on getting paid. He goes, I just love it for the evolution of the game and how far we've come as a position. I'm a big fan of respecting the game, so it's my job to carry that torch for those Warren Saps, Vince Wilforks, all those guys I grew up watching and learning from. I have a responsibility. So I'm watching more of how this contract negotiation goes with uh, one of the, the best, if not the best, defensive tackles in, in football right now. He's awesome. You know, he, he deserves to be paid here at some point. And, you know... Yeah, he didn't have as good a year as Quinn and Williams did last year. It was yeah. a special year. But he's in that conversation with all those guys for my money, let alone he does all the right things and leading the team. He hustles, all of that, right? Uh, so I would think he's going to get something in their ballpark, ballpark at, at, at some point during the season. So the Dolphins at plus 1,200, the Ravens ahead of them at plus 1,000. I would probably have the Dolphins ahead of the Ravens. Um, I would too. I would. It's close. It, it's close, definitely. Uh, you know, let me let me see the the rest of this look here. I mean, the rest of this list. Don't yeah, give well, it away. Well, I know Ravens Jets. Well, you know we haven't done the Jets yet, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. Th- this out of those three, ooh, this Dolphins, is tight. Ravens, Jets. Yeah, I mean it's close. I know it is. I mm, man. That's yeah. why the AFC is just so tough. It's, it's insane. Right? It is. It's, it's not disrespecting insane. anyone saying you're the sixth best team. That could be the sixth best team in the NFL or seventh or eighth. I, I, like I've said before, and I know I said this to you, this is a year where somebody in the AFC could win the Super Bowl and they won't make the playoffs, right? Where you're going to go, ooh, they got hot the last six weeks and you know they got healthy or whatever else, and, oh, they missed the playoffs. But, man, if they got in, watch out. Uh, I, I feel yeah. like this has got this has got this all over it. That was my Detroit Lions last year. Okay, a little team, bit, a little bit, right. strong. So right. the Ravens, uh, Donutkins says Zay Jones slash Flowers <laughs> uh, has been building a nonstop hype out of training camp. He really has. There's been positive reports with him. He was stuck in an archaic offense 
in college. You know, like we said, sometimes it's just as simple as this, right? If you put him on Alabama in the slot next to two other guys, what the fuck do you think he's going to look like, right? Where we have to worry about a st- all-star receiver on the outside and all, he would have looked like um, Jalen Waddle, who was the sixth pick of the draft. That's where people overevaluate this stuff sometimes. Where I just want to go, I don't know. He's just only the twitchiest, most explosive fucker I've ever seen. But you know, we didn't get to see the route tree. It goes into all that crap again sometimes that I just think is a little played out in the scouting community. So you'll be watching him. He was your number one wide receiver. But that's too easy, I know, for you. Yeah, yeah. That's a rookie. I don't even need to watch him. I already know that shit's going to be true. good, right? You know? To me, it's one thing with the Ravens. Ravens are a Super Bowl-caliber football team. We've said during the offseason, think about what they did last year. They were on the one-yard line about to go up 14 points against the Bengals in Cincinnati, you know, with the backup quarterback. Edge, though, is what I'm looking at, the defensive edge. And, and specifically, I'm going to throw – you know, two names in here, or just one maybe, Odafi Way, right? That's the one I'm going to look at because he's it's time. He's got to start to be a force here. You know, he or David Ojabo, right, who's right behind him, who they drafted out of Michigan and had the torn Achilles during the pro day, right? Yeah. The, the, one of those has to pop up to be a force on the edge of the defense. And – What's the rumor? Did you see the news today a little bit who they're having in to visit? I think I you did, but yeah, I'm going to put you in the spot it? and you're yeah, going to choke. No, I'm Clowney is going there. Matt, edit that out. Edit that choke <laughs> out. <laughs> but Jadeveon Clowney's going there because of the same things we're talking about. They're going, you know, we're not sure. Uh, how good are they going to be? We know Jadeveon Clowney and we know what he can be. But, you know, what can these other guys be? So that's the position I'm looking at. Can they find a guy that can rush the passer that can make a defense or an offensive line every go? We, we got to slide this way, or we got to make sure we help this guy. They don't. They haven't had that. So who will it be for them? And that's specifically, yeah, Odafi Way, David yeah. Ojabo. Who jumps on the scene again in my area? But I'm going to go with the nose tackle in Travis Jones out of UConn a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, a little thin in this group right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was the third-round pick in 2022, played 13 games last year. Um, My started, second favorite D-tackle in that so, draft, yeah. right? I, th- I just remember we liked him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, third-round pick. So, I don't know. He's, he's the backup right now to Michael Pierce on the depth chart uh, that I'm looking at right yeah. now. So. So he, he had a lot of hype in training camp last year. He did really well. Remember, and then he got, I think he hurt his ankle early in the year. Mm. And, hey, when you're 330 pounds, you hurt your ankle. It can hurt all year long so we'll see his potential is better than any of those guys he's got in front of him he does so yeah that'll be if he reaches that potential and they can trust him to do the right things yes in the perfect world you'd like Travis Jones to be the starter and Michael Pierce to be the backup guy that's what they would want to be you know Michael Pierce we know what he is he's a big run stopping guy but he doesn't add a lot to the disruption uh, department I like your pick with Travis Jones it's a good one to watch he's got he's got something to him to where you know he could be one of those guys you know a year or two we go oh he's one of the better D tackles in all of football a lot of names on this team that uh, were favorites of yours coming out of the draft we also have Cody McKenzie saying Jalen Armour Davis could be very likely the starter alongside Marlon Humphrey who was hurt his rookie year I believe um, and so it was a later round draft pick, fourth round pick, but he was one of your top five corners coming out. I, I, size, speed, smarts. I, I, I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'll be, I'll be a little surprised or disappointed if Rocky Sin beats, beats him out. 
I know what Rocky Sin is, um, and he's solid. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, Jalen Armour Davis is—he's certainly a guy that I was, you know, on my list here, and you know, I'm a fan of and, and rooting for him. We're down to the final four: New York Jets plus Woo! one thousand to win the AFC. Lee Eisen says all three snaps of Aaron Rodgers. That's what he's going to be watching, <laughs> dissecting him, breakdown on film. Uh, but assuming uh, we, we probably won't even see three snaps of Aaron Rodgers. I, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised this year if we see him a little that's bit. That's true. You know, I think this is one where he's going to go, you know, let me get the nerves of being the Jets quarterback and, you know, let me, you know, the fans going crazy when I'm standing. Just get it all out of the way, right? Let's, let's, let's knock some of the newness off of this, knock the shine off, get in the huddle when the things are real here. You know, I, I think that's, that's probably – you know, the one that, that uh, I think he might play more than years past is my point there. Um, okay. I think we're here with this one. The guy I think we need to watch is Jermaine Johnson. You know, uh, you know I know I brought him up Monday, but let's see where this is at. Again, he's a first-round pick. You know, it's year two. He should be the starter. There's no doubt about that. So let's see, can he win the starting job? And then from there, can he do more than just be a starter and start to be a force off the edge? So that's where I look at that. You know, Carl Lawson, I don't think he's a long-term answer there at that position, right? Uh, Jermaine Johnson is – John Franklin Myers on the other side. Right, who's more of a bigger D-end, not your typical pass rusher type of guy, a crash end as they might call in the NFL and some some offenses. But, yeah, Jermaine Johnson is where I look at it to go, again, on third down, they're going to want – Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, right, kick in Franklin Myers and have Quinnen Williams on the inside and go, this is what we're bringing at you, right? Yeah. That's the perfect world. And, uh, yeah, he's the one I'm, I'm excited to see and want to see where, where that goes. It is such a deep group. They do have a whole lot of guys there to the point where Bryce Huff played a lot versus the Browns and wasn't necessarily super happy about that. But it's just like – it's a deep group, and so some guys you really like are yeah. going to play a lot Bryce early in Hoff the preseason. Is, yeah, I mean he's he is he's an extremely impressive pass rusher. I mean that that's what he is. He's a pass rush specialist who's got an incredible explosion and can get after the quarterback. And he, he's always going to be in that ro- rotation there. So I could have picked him. I, I just picked Will McDonald, the rookie here too, because yeah. he looked good against the Browns as well. A couple of his pass moves pass rush moves made the rounds on twitter he is a guy as we talked about in the process that was under evaluated because he played out of position you remember at iowa state i was saying they're making him two gap he's playing defensive tackle at 242 pounds it just showed you his strength overall so yeah he's the one that um i got some pretty good reviews from from the coaching staff when i was there and then was one of the one of the coaches on the defensive side of the ball right away just said, "Yeah, I mean he's getting to do what he was supposed to do now. He's just getting to go and get the quarterback, get upfield." I mean, he's like, you know, did you watch him in the in college? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was trying to tell everybody this: don't evaluate sacks or plays in the backfield with this guy. I mean, he's he's more than that. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be a guy from by all due accounts. It sounds like he's he's coming up the rankings. The other guy too, just to throw out to safety position. Tony Adams, right? He's beating out Adrian Amos right now as the starting safety for this team. Yeah, that'll be big too, you know. They're they're they got they 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 you know, 
Marcus May, LaMarcus Joyner, some of these guys they've lost over the last few years. We don't really know what they are at that other safety position. That'd be another one to watch, number 22, Tony Adams. And his name came up on your pregame show Yeah, because I think he was, he was an, he, uh, yeah, Devin McCourty mentioned him because Devin I did. think there's some buzz around, you know, camp about him and what he's done, and I don't, I don't think they expected him to be the starter. Got it. So that's the Jets. Three more to go. The Bengals plus 550 to win the AFC. These are pretty close in odds here, actually. Closer in odds than I would have thought for these top three. But uh, the three elite teams. Three elite teams, right? This is, you know, you, you categorize this. And I, I'm sur- a little surprised that they're behind the Bills. Uh, me, me too a little bit. You know, I, I, I'm, a little, I'm a little shocked by that. Bengals, though, they fall under the category of, like, there's not much to look at to think that things aren't, you know, we know the O-line. We'd like to see it be better. I got that. I think it will be. This is safeties. The safeties are the – they had a special pair of safeties the last few years. Jesse Bates and Von Bell were quietly one of the better safety duos in all of football. That's why this defense was so good. They were versatile. They could put a lot of pressure on those guys. That's the system Lou Aruma runs up there. They'll continue to put pressure on their corners and safeties. I think they can do it, but we got to watch it. One, we know Dax Hill, who we loved two years ago coming out of the draft and from Michigan, he was the he's Jesse Bates. That's who we compared him to in the draft. Remember that? Yeah. So that's why they drafted him. And then the other guy, Nick Scott. I'm a huge Nick Scott fan. He got lost in the shuffle with the Rams a little bit because they have a lot of stars on that defense, right? But he will be a guy that I promise, because this team is going to be in a lot of big games this year, where people are going to go, man, who is this crazy 33 running around the field hitting like he's Ray Lewis or flying around? He is good in coverage, and he, for his size, and an incredibly aggressive tackler. So, again, cheating once again as I am, yeah. Chris Sims, but uh, you guys got the, the gist. I'm cheating, too, because I, I didn't want to pick another rookie here, but, I mean, that front four, the starters are other- – I think top five probably in the NFL when you got Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader and BJ Hill uh-huh. and Trey Hendrickson there. Yeah. And so I went with uh, the first round rookie, Miles Murphy, yeah. because he was 28th overall out of Clemson. It's been noted he's not, you know, necessarily the run stopper. Will we see some of that early on? Um, will he be able to give maybe Trey Hendrickson some early yeah, downs some off breath. and, and yeah, save him yeah. for some pass rush situations? That's right. So I think that would be interesting to see. For I, Miles I, Murphy. Agreed. Agreed. You know, He's got a good first step. You know, you heard me through the I – don't, I didn't love his bend and some of that stuff, right? But, you know, what I like about what you're saying there is you're exactly right about the front four. It's tops in the league. But they rely on them a lot. They need – they could use a little more depth than guys to, to spell them and keep them fresh late in games, you know, especially when you know, you're going to play some teams – in the AFC, who are going to have some big behemoth offensive lines. I mean, we saw that. The Chiefs have that. Uh, the Ravens have that. You're going to have to deal with the Browns, of course, have that, right? So that's where you like, you know, hey, Joseph Asai to take the next step. Zach Carter, who played a lot for them last year out of Florida, was really good. And then you add Miles Murphy to that. And like we talk about with all great teams, they really have like seven or eight D linemen, right? And that's what yeah. the Eagles did to people. That's what the 49ers have done to people. They can just send waves of people at you. So the Bengals at plus 550, the Bills just ahead of them. The second best odds to win the AFC at plus 450. Joe Horrenda is going to be watching Demar Hamlin like all of us are out there. Had a That's pick right. the other week uh, yeah. on social media, saw that. Kenny Tosi 
is watching Dalton Kincaid. Not to get too carried away from camp, but I'm already getting ready for his Hall of Fame speech in 2041, <laughs> Chris. So, yeah, he doesn't want to get too carried away, but he has bought tickets. Yeah, he's already, already in the camp. ceremony. Yeah. Well, he's got that type of talent. I do believe that. He has Hall of Fame talent. I'm, I'm not trying to be creative. We'll see if he puts it together. But like I said, we, when we saw him, uh, I thought, damn, uh, we haven't seen a tight end run and run routes like this. And I mean, this is Travis Kelsey-ish, except it's even more physical with the ball in his hands after the catch. And even a better blocker than Travis Kelsey was coming out. So I'm excited for that too. But I'm going to corner here. I'm going to corner. And, you know, Kair Ilum is the guy I'm going to choose. Mm. I also want to throw Tredavious White in that conversation. Cause, but, but if I have to go one, it's Kair Elam. He was beat out by a six-rounder last year in Benford, right, out of Villanova, Christian Benford, who got hurt, and then injuries in the secondary made Kair Elam the starter. He looks the part. It looks like he has all the physical abilities, right, holding too much, a hair too stiff, whatever, but they need more from him this year. And, that, and Tredavious White would be the same thing. Tredavious White was a liability the last half of the year last year. And I know he came off an ACL and, and had an injury. So will he look more like the guy we saw before that? I think those are huge to their football team. You know, the, the way they play, they you know want to play quarters, some quarters coverage. A lot of that is like man-to-man on the outside for those corners when they do that. And, uh, yeah, they were not the best in that department last year. We saw last year they had trouble on the defensive line after Vaughn Miller went down. Yep. So my big butt to watch is A.J. Epinesa. We saw them make a D-line a priority, right? In the offseason, they signed Leonard Floyd, signing Puna Ford over there. Um, so Epinesa was the second-round pick in, in 2020. Has had three kind of averages seasons so right. far. Um, has looked okay early on in training camp here, but I think they need him. If he's going to have a successful NFL career just for himself, I think this is the year for him to kind of shine. Big year. Got to shine. They need, as we've talked about, some other guys to jump on the scene, right? They do. And they, you know, have the potential here. They do. I, I look at it that way. I mean, when Von Miller's back, it could be Von Miller, Leonard Floyd on the outside. You put Gregory Rousseau in the middle uh, with Ed Oliver, and that's the gr- group you got going after people. You know, but yeah, Epinesa, Boogie Basham, right? Um, Shaq Lawson. They all, you know, could use a little, hey, come on now. Like in another team where we've talked about the cream of the crop, there's not enough sizzle players all there, right? They look like they have some good depth, and they might be another team here that gets to send a, a ton of people at you that are fresh all the time. Brendan Olsheko says, James Cook, you need to see if the Bills got themselves their true running back one finally. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he had some flashes last year. He got more and more comfortable as the year went on, but I don't think it was still up to my expectations or yeah. even the Bills. What they saw in training camp, the hype there, all that, what they were thinking, I think was more than what they got. So hopefully he's in a more comfortable spot in the offense this year and can let it let his physical talents just show. They, they already have a true number one. That is uh, that is Josh Allen. He's their true number one running back. Uh, the Chiefs <laughs> right. finally here, plus three fifty to win the AFC. Uh, I am Justin Lamb says he is torn between Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross. A couple of receivers for them. Yeah, Justin Ross is everywhere, everywhere. on Twitter. Yes. Yeah, well, because he What's was a guy, I think, that was on the radar at Clemson as always going to be a first-round pick type of guy, right? And then he's had injuries and issues one after another. And then he wasn't, right, drafted, if I remember right. Right? He wasn't, dra- no, yeah, he was not wasn't drafted. drafted. And 
you know, and now he's in Kansas City and people are going, oh, whoa, whoa, hey, oh, hey, watch this guy. Whoa. So he's he's getting it. I, I mean, I agree with you there. Those are two guys that we definitely want to watch. But I have one more that's important to that. Um, um, there's this thing called we have to protect the franchise. Um, his name is Patrick Mahomes, and if we don't protect him, we're, we're not as good. So I'm going to look at the left tackle called Donovan Smith, who was not good last year. Not. I mean – and it, it would be way worse if they called holding on him ever. I mean, he only had 74 holds in the, the Saints Monday night football game that wasn't called the last three drives of the game, right? And remember us making a big deal about that? Oh, yeah. It was an underwhelming year for him. Kansas City obviously sees something. Andy Reid's kind of a savant with offensive linemen. And, you know... This could be the kind of place where they get technique back, right? You know, you get just like we talk about with Rodgers and quarterbacks and other re-energize, right? Man, this team, this culture, I got to hold up to their standard, all of that. You know, I, I'm very interested to see what he looks like because I will say when they, you know, Orlando Brown gone, okay, they got Jawan Taylor, that's cool, but then they lost Andrew Wiley to and free agency to Washington, and they went Donovan Smith. They went, oh man, yeah. they're taking Donovan Smith. Oh, okay, oh, so. Uh, I, I am want to see how that experiment goes. My big butt to watch was the 2022 defensive tackle big butt of the year, Chris Jones. Not because of what we're going to see on the field, because we might not see much. He's a no-show <laughs> yeah. to camp so far. I just want to see him. Entering the final year of his four-year $80 million contract, he just tweeted, KC, I love you yesterday. So I'm interested to see what happens with that contract negotiation between them and what I think is the best defensive tackle in football right now. I, I like it, and I think you're right. He is the best one in the game right now. You know, Aaron Donald will probably be motivated to shove that up where where the sun don't shine to you. But you, you, yes, he's he's phenomenal, and they need him. They know that they're going to break their own rules about giving you know third contracts to a guy that's about to be thirty because yeah. there's just there's nothing to look at him right now and go, ooh, this is going downhill, right? He's one of these physical freaks where we're going to be here at 33 and, and still go, damn, he's still in the you know top conversation for D tackles type of thing. Uh, they need him, and I, I would think they're going to work it out. I just am interested to see how they work it out, what they do, what is what they do to the contract, how do they make it work. Is it a gigantic signing bonus? Is it fake years at the end of the contract? Yeah. What are they going to do? they got to do something to please the guy, that's for sure. And we've gotten to the end of the pod, and woo, 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 we woo, had woo. not mentioned until this point what we have in front of us right here. I Big mean, 10 Saturday night. We didn't even mention it. Uh, right off the top. Well, we had some stuff off the top that were exciting today. I couldn't help. We had to get <laughs> it out of my system. We couldn't get to it. So Big 10 Saturday night. We got Big 10 Day is coming up uh, tomorrow on yeah. Thursday, which could be today if you're listening to this on Thursday. I, I'm, so hey, keep listen, that in mind. I'm so excited that this Big 10 Saturday night is part of our network. Right, The fact that we get to have awesome college games on NBC, on Peacock, and then a filter over to Sunday yep. where you know we kind of dominate the night slot there, I think is really cool for our company. I'm excited because it'll give us more access to Big Ten highlights so when we come to draft, we yeah. can talk about that. I'm getting to announce Michigan, East Carolina, week one. You're kicking off the whole with thing. With Mike Tirico yeah. on a big Saturday, right? So that I'm I'm really uh I'm pumped for it for the addition to our 
our uh, network here. I yeah, think it's only positive things. You're kicking it all off yeah. on Peacock with Mike Tirico, right. Michigan, East Carolina, and I will be at Penn State doing the halftime show for okay. you guys. Cool. So you will toss it to me. Tell Mike you want to toss it to me. Oh, all right. I, I, oh, I hope yeah. so. I'll ask so, him. I'll ask down him. to you. Now he's the professional. Uh, I got to listen to whatever he says. Yeah, he right. Is. I mean. He's Belichick, exactly, and, and I'm just Brady. Okay, we just follow what Mike says. That's <laughs> first what we time and do. only time I'll compare myself to Tom Brady. All right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all right, all right. Good stuff. You know it. it. NBC, we got it all coming. Big Ten Saturday night, all season long. Sunday night football, football night in America. Yeah, domination. Yeah, that's all I have to say. You don't need the remote Intima anymore. Timidama domination. Okay, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. Yes. All right. Thanks for driving the ship as always today. Absolutely. I'm Reed. You are the man. I hope everybody enjoyed the pod. We'll be back Monday. We got preseason week one reactions. This mm. is awesome. We got real football to talk about. We don't have to make up crap anymore. Okay. Here we go. Football time is here. We'll see you Monday. Everybody be good. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of the summer. It's coming to an end quickly. Oh Clap it up. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.